When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. to the Real Bucks Talk Podcast. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Follow Real Bucks Talk on all social media platforms. This is Michael Plus, and welcome my co-host Mark Ramirez. How are we doing tonight, Mark? Always good as usual. It's raining outside as it always is in Tampa, Florida. That's every day. Just, just can't get away from it. <laughs> it's either hot as hell or just raining all over the damn place. But it's just another day here and another day of work. But yet another good day we get to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Absolutely, and we are only a week away from training camp, which is crazy. It seems like this summer has just flown by, and we are already back into pretty much football season is here, ladies and gentlemen, and that is very exciting. Uh, We will actually be at training camp, I believe, next, not this Sunday, but the following Sunday. Uh, That will be the 28th, so if you see us there, uh, don't. You know, don't be shy to reach out and, and say hello. And as always, I mean, we are going to be be loud and cheering Bucks on uh, during that practice. So it's going to be fun taking notes and observing and seeing what this 2019 uh, football team is going to bring to us. But yeah, man, uh, just very excited. Um, obviously, I think every fan base has you know a lot of hope at this time, a lot of um, you know positivity. You know thinking, hey, this team, this this could be our year. This could be the year we make the playoffs, maybe make some noise. So, I mean, it just feels like that has been our outlook for, like, the last decade. But, you know, <laughs> something, something's got to give. You know, something's got to change. And hopefully Bruce Arians and his staff is, is the right one. And we finally see what this talent roster is capable of. No, I agree with you. I mean, I'm tired of getting all hyped up in the offseason, winning the offseason right. per se. Mm-hmm. And – all of a sudden, the season comes, and maybe we win the first game like Dirk Cutter usually did. Yeah, and we're like, "Oh, this is it! The, the season's changed. This is this is the time where they all start to click." And then all of a sudden, you're four and twelve. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I I don't want to see that again. I, I almost will get. That's why I was saying in the last last podcast, I'm going to be like mild tempered, like because I don't want to get all hyped up thinking, "Oh, this is finally it. We're two and zero. We're going to go twelve and four. We're making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Things have changed." I'm going to be slow this time. I'm I'm not going to get the hype train like a lot of people want to do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be. I guarantee I'm going to bite my words on this because I I'm a little one that gets too hyped. Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, I want to win, yeah. But I I still see the weaknesses that mm-hmm. have, are still glaring. And then it's a whole new coaching staff. You all you got to learn from a four three to three four things we've been talking about mm-hmm. all off season. Yeah, it's everything's new. A new culture. I mean, whether you believe it or not, I mean, it starts with BA. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it's how quickly do they adapt to his style mm-hmm. and do all these guys buy in? Right. And yeah, I, I, I hope they all do. I ho- it sounds like they are, and he has all the guys he wants. Mm-hmm. There's actually been a lot of big changes. So, I mean, it, there's just a lot of things that have to go into place where everyone acts like it's going to be so simple mm-hmm. to fix and change. I. I hope it is, but in reality, it, things aren't. Things don't happen in the snap of a finger, right? Mm-hmm. So let's let's just hope. And yeah, like training camps right around the corner. Right. I'm going to be looking at a lot of different things, like just seeing how cool this new defense is going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the offense is pretty much going to be what it is. That if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? So it's more looking at the defense. Everyone's going to be doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so. I think tonight we wanted to get started with your guys' questions, and uh, 
Let's see. Let's start with the first one here at, at the with Buckball Podcast. Uh, why is everyone making a story out of Rojo adding 15 pounds? Not like he's Brandon Jacobs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's the off season. There's going to be a big story about everyone. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Even if someone farted in practice, they would hear think it. This kind of, yeah, I think this kind of goes in with the Noah Spence and people maybe mm-hmm, are, mm-hmm. you know, kind of kind of fearful of the same thing happening to him. But that's a completely different position, I think. You know, I think Rojo, he's just adding on muscle. I think his speed is still going to be there. Um, and he still looks lean. It's not like he looks fat in any way. It's not like he's just, you know, it's glaring. Um, I think it's just he added on more muscle, get rid of the baby fat, and really maturing into his body. I think that's what it boils down to. Yeah, yeah, that. And he was 20 years old last year, right? Right, yeah. So, I mean, he's older, 15 pounds for an NFL running back, I mean, he's going to need the padding regardless. Right. I mean, look and at Reggie Bush. Lose, he was hurt all the time. He's going to lose that weight anyway yeah. during the season. With how hot it is here, how much he's right. going to be sweating, he's going to get right. down either way. But still, I mean, mm-hmm. I would actually want him to be mm-hmm. at least 10 pounds heavier. Right. Because he was he came in at 210, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, at two, six foot. 208 last year. I mean, year. it's little yeah. for a six foot running. I mean, mm-hmm. Peyton Barber's like 5'9", 230. Yeah. A damn cannonball, but mm-hmm. like guys like Reggie Bush got hurt all the time. He had elite athleticism, but he, he was ripped mm-hmm. to shit. And guess what? Guys that skinny are going to get rocked, okay? Mm-hmm. And you're going to get hurt because you have nothing to pad you right. against these 300-pound guys are just laying into you, mm-hmm. especially at the running back position. So I applaud that. I mean, look at – let's give this an applaud. Uh, C.J. Anderson, he looked like a big ball of fat running around in the playoffs. But guess what? Yeah. He was successful. He just read his keys. He read where he had to go, and he mm. he just knew what he had to do in that system. So I'd rather him have more weight to su- to support himself and then just read the, the play correctly. That's it. Mm. So, I mean, there's ways to look at it bad and good, I guess. Yeah. But it's not like he gained like Kelvin Benjamin from a couple of years ago where he got, what, to 280, 290 as a wide receiver? Yeah, that was Jesus like, Christ. That was insane. That was insane, Yeah. <laughs> But no, I have no issue with it. Uh, it looks like Rojo is, you know, really trying to forget about last year and you know put that behind him, and really, you know, know that this is it. Like he's got to go out there and produce. I think he wants to be uh, one of the top running backs um, in the league, and it really shows. Like he wants to take over that that main guy role, or at least be productive enough to help contribute for this team. Uh, him, Payne Barber, I think would be a, a fantastic. Uh, duo if if they can find the right you know rhythm you know as as how they're being used you know whether it be Payne Barber you know inside the tackles and use Rojo on the outside or you know really use them in both categories whether it be rushing or receiving and if you can do that I think you can have something dangerous but we'll see how it goes yeah again training camp week away guys I mean uh, that's and we'll talk about it later but that's a big thing we're going to be looking at just Mm -hmm. running backs like we're talking about before the podcast you don't really see much of the running backs because it's they're not really hitting them it's more there's big holes and the running backs just keep running mm-hmm. so it's like oh yeah he had a hundred yard gain no yeah they just keep going so it's really watching their hands like rojo i'll be watching his hands big time mm. peyton barber he's he is who he is let's see if he makes a big step forward but that's going to be more in game i'll see yeah i mean it's just little things like that it's more looking at the consistency of like when Chris Godwin, I was mentioning this to you. Chris Godwin was drafted. Mm. He just looked like he was going going to work, like yeah. clockwork. Good hands, mm. good footwork, good route running. Everything was crisp. That's what you want to see out of a rookie. Mm. I mean, Rojo second year. Everyone's giving the high praise. I hope to see something like that right. in training camp. Yeah, yeah. Main thing with running backs, you just want to see decisiveness, uh, especially when they're you know running between tackles or you know just consistency like mark was saying and that's something that rojo definitely has to show i think peyton barber uh, you know he's going to take a next step up as well because he wants to be that complete back i mean he's hungry he's playing in a contract year so the competition between him and and rojo i think is nothing but good things and i think you know whether it's rojo or peyton barber whoever's being that lead guy i think that's going to be that's going to be good for us um and it should help our running game because it has to be better uh this year because last year just wasn't good enough i agree i full i mean no no one would say it was good enough yeah it was not good <laughs> to be honest yeah well i i just wanted to read this quick one uh okay. it's not a question at all but 
It's from Stank Bastard at Bucks Podcast. Hi, RBT Podcast. Stank Bastard here. I don't have a question. I just wanted to tell you you're special and you are loved. Kissy face emoji. <laughs> yeah, Stank Bastard's a really good guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thank you for the kind words. We appreciate it. Um, he does a, a podcast of his own, and uh, it's really good. So um, shout out to you and, and keep up the good work, and we appreciate it. Uh, thanks thanks uh, so much for the kind words. <laughs> Next question. Yeah, let's go to the next question. Uh, so uh, I'll, I'll read it to you. So okay. this is from Tommy. Him saying, if we knew about Ryan Smith possible suspension back in March, do you think that added to drafting two corners in the second round? Do you think that added to drafting two corners in the second round? Yeah, I mean, it probably played a part. You know, they probably knew Ryan Smith was going to be suspended. But I think, you know, regardless if Ryan Smith was suspended or not, uh, they felt they needed to add talent to that to that room anyway. I mean, they needed some secondary pieces um, to be added regardless, and they felt you know Sean Bunting Murphy and or Sean Murphy Bunting. God, I'm always gonna mess that up. You blew it. Yeah, I know. You done uh, <laughs> messed up now, a eh, eh, Ron. <laughs> but yeah, Sean Murphy Bunting and uh, Jamel Dean and Mike Edwards. I think those guys were gonna be targeted all all along because they needed pieces in the secondary. They wanted to get faster. Um, and they've done that all throughout the defense. I think that was the theme of the defense this year, and they wanted to have guys that can make plays on the football, and that's something that this team has struggled with in the past, getting interceptions, and that's something that you need in this league is creating turnovers and, and obviously creating opportunity to score more touchdowns, and that comes from defense too. You know, pick sixes, things like that. Those are big parts of having winning teams. Yeah, I, I... I agree with that. I mean, mm-hmm. whether that was in the cards or not, if they knew or not, yeah. it didn't matter. Our secondary was terrible right. last year, and it's been terrible for years. And let's be honest with Ryan Smith. I mean, at best, I mean, for him to be very successful, you want him as maybe a fourth or fifth corner. You don't really want him in the starting lineup. Not saying he can't be a starter, because he probably could be better in this system that they're mm-hmm. going to play. But, you know, the reality of, of it is, is like he's your ideal you know, depth guy that you can put on special teams, let him excel there because he's really good at it. And then if you need a corner to come in um, because of injury, he can be someone that can do okay, you know, for the for a couple of weeks or here and there. So, Yeah, I feel him like he did in, in the Steelers game. Right, exactly. Right, he's, he, he's a better fit for this defense. He's more aggressive. Mm-hmm. He is a taller, lankier corner. Right. I mean, he is a better fit. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be here for four games, so oops. Yeah. But, I mean, to be honest, our secondary is bad. We didn't sign back, uh, crybaby, don't want to do my job, but I play soft. Yeah, Brent Grimes. Which is, yeah, Brent Grimes, yeah. for a reason. This defense is going to be more downhill aggressive. Mm-hmm. Get in your face. Not play 15 yards back, 12 yards back, and say, I know the defense. I, I shouldn't have to go to the other side of the field. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows who I'm talking about. And that's why he doesn't have a job. So, I mean, you, you got young influx of talent. You got speed, aggressiveness. It's, it seems like all of them are gelling as one. Yet, again, this is all good, positive things. This off season, mm-hmm. no one's put on pads and played. Yeah. So, I like what I'm seeing. Let's just hope it's portrayed on the field, right? Right. Yeah. And with that point, let's. Uh, you know, one of our good friends on Twitter, Jamar. Jamar brought this up in a Twitter message. He was talking about how. This secondary could take that next step like like the Saints did a couple years ago when they drafted Marshawn Lattimore and they just their secondary their pretty much their entire defense turned around. Do you see this secondary kind of making that jump where it's possible they could, you know, kind of come out of nowhere and be something at least above average unit uh, this year? Do I think you're going to be better? Yes. Yeah. Do I think it's going to have the jump that the Saints had? I'm not so sure about that because, I mean, Marshawn Lattimore was literally a true shutdown corner that mm. first year. And, like, he was yeah. – put put him on one guy and he didn't get the ball. Yeah. If he did, it was like 20 yards in the game. Yeah, I mean, they added some other pieces. They had Marcus Williams in there, Von Bell. So, a couple other, you know, key But, but if you can shut down one whole side of the field, that's, that's – true. I mean, we don't have anyone like that. I mean, yeah. you, you hope Hargraves can get better. I mean, he had one good game last year. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean he's a shutdown corner. Carlton Davis was not a shutdown corner. He has the attributes of like a Richard Sherman, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he isn't that. 
Sean Murphy Bunting, we've seen we haven't even really seen him yet. Yeah. So I mean, there's no one on this roster. Or, yeah, same thing with Marshawn Lattimore. But the thing mm-hmm. is, he was a first overall, not first overall, first round pick, but 13th overall, something like that, yeah. something high. Mm-hmm. And he is an all of an athlete, mm-hmm. tested everything perfect. He just was a plug and play guy, pretty much. We don't have that right now. It's all. Right. Still open mm-hmm. up in the air. Like you, you don't know who your number one and number two is. That's true. So, I mean, I think when the Saints did that, they were like, "Okay, we're ready to rock and roll." Mm-hmm. I, I hope we're thinking we have something like that, but I guarantee you, yeah. we don't. Yeah, I think Jamar was just looking at the similarities. I mean, the Saints that year they brought in a new defense coordinator. They brought in Dennis Allen, a more aggressive scheme. They went to a three-four. Uh, they they had Sheldon Rankins from the the year prior, and then they brought in you know Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, they brought in Alex An- Anzalone. A um, couple of just a lot of good rookies that year in 2017 that they brought in on defense. And I think maybe he's seen the kind of same thing, that same kind of jump where, you know, you have a Devin White, you have your secondary pieces that we've added, a new defense coordinator in Todd Bowles, a aggressive style of defense. You got your front seven with, you know, Levante as well and Vita Vea and, uh, you know, Carl Nassip and now Ndamukong Sue. So, you know, maybe he's seen that kind of same similarities, but, I think we can all agree they're they have to be better. I mean, we said this in the last podcast. They can only go up, and they can't can't be any worse. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, but I we, mean, so I'll, I'll yeah add on to that though. Mm-hmm. I mean, so if you look at the Saints, I mean, it's Cam Jordan, right? Yeah. I mean, he's a he's been a Pro Bowler for how many years in yeah, a row? He's a beast. He's a, he's already a, a fixture at defensive end. We don't have that, right? Or ha, or that just broke his neck. Okay, and Nassib, he had one good year. Mm-hmm. That was a breakout year. Can he produce it again? I hope so. And but the thing is, he's not a fixture. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dominican Sue, he's he's the closest fixture we got. Yeah. And then Vita Vea is a, a rising star. Yes. So those three are really good. Then you have Noah Spence, Barrett, who are up in the air like they could be, mm-hmm. if this system works. Right. Yeah. Then Devin White, blah blah blah. So, but the thing is, like the way they orchestrated theirs is a little different. So, I mean, do I see similarities? Yeah. I mean, they're a lot more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Defense, 3-4, can be attacking. Levante can teach Devin White immediately. Like, the, the middle of the defense should be solid. Right. The outside, I'm not so sure yet because the secondary, they've got to learn a lot and move fast. Mm-hmm. And, like, actually, you know what? I, I got this clip right here. So, this is, this is probably where everyone started talking about it. Scott Smith mm-hmm. on, what's the show called? Uh, Bucks Insider, I believe. Bucks Insider, yeah. yeah. Literally, they asked him, "What do you think of the secondary?" Mm-hmm. Just listen to this. This is the the most perfect answer I've ever heard to this secondary question. It's like politically correct and everything. Check this out. How do you feel about our secondary? Well, I mean, tentatively, um, optimistic. Like the breath. You know, it, it was really the results were really bad last year, and I don't know who you want to blame that on. Um, some of the guys that were there are no longer with us. Uh, you know, there's a new defensive scheme, which I think is more aggressive. There's a lot of young talent that has to be sorted out. And I want to be optimistic about every single one of those guys, but history suggests that not every single one of them is going to turn into a really good player. So who's it going to be? I mean, I, I really feel good about Carlton Davis. Um, I'm hoping Vernon Hargraves can avoid the injury bug this year and we can see what he can do because he looked – like who's starting off the season really well mm-hmm. last year, and you got the draft picks from this year. Uh, you know, Mike Edwards looked really good out there. Um, Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamel Dean, who we were just talking about, had their moments. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a lot to sort through there. I think fans are going to like the style of play a little bit more because it's, it's going to be more aggressive, um, which can lead to big plays on both sides. Don't right. get me wrong. There's a reason why some teams play a very bend but don't break style, right. and that style of defense has traditionally worked very well in Tampa at certain times, but hasn't really worked well lately. And so I think fans are probably going to like the way this secondary plays a very aggressive style. But um, there's so much to sort through right now that I think it's irresponsible to say I feel fantastic about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, that's it. I mean, there's so much to go through. There's rookies. You're you're not just having one Marshall Lattimore or Marcus Williams in a definitive defensive line. You have no cornerstones. Right. Right, I mean, so it it's a good answer. That's how I mm. would have answered it. It, I wish I would have ordered it as perfectly as he did. <laughs> but it's true. There's so many ups and downs. It, I mean, there's a lot of people hyping guys, but you truly just don't know, right? right? Yeah. 
No, I agree. Uh, let's go. Uh, here's another question from Tommy. Uh, I think Peyton Barber is the next Adam Humphreys. If he has a good year, a thousand yards, eight plus touchdowns, he's going to earn a top dollar contract after the season. Is Bruce Anderson our next Barber, undrafted back to starter? Because BA has said he won't pay for a running back, or is that smoke? Well, I mean, first of all, Bruce Anderson Anderson's got to make the roster. It's still up in the air if he makes the roster. Right. He could be a practice squad guy. Um, does hmm, does Peyton Barber leave? I mean, honestly, if he's asking for top dollar like that, mm-hmm. like Adam Humphrey's got, yeah, ten million or more. Right. Yeah, we're probably not going to sign him back, especially if we have Rojo and Bruce Anderson can fill in if he's still on the roster. But mm-hmm. the thing is, yeah, Peyton Barber isn't one of these crazy electric, you pay him that much money type of guy. Right. Like Mark Ingram didn't even get that much. No. And he left the Saints. What did he get? He got like $5 million. Right? So, I mean, yeah. he he's not going to be expecting or getting what Adam Humphrey's got. And just the running back position isn't valued that much unless you're Ezekiel Elliott or mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon or some, one of these guys are just elite. Yeah. Right? So... I mean, I just I don't see him getting that much. If he did leave, I would assume, yeah, they'd just find another guy to fill in. And hopefully, mm-hmm. Rojo does have one of these years where he explodes, right? And he is he does fill in to be the second round pick that we drafted him to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot of hopes and a lot of yeah. But I mean, you got to play how it is, and the running back position is you got to read what's in front of you, know the where the play's supposed to go, mm-hmm. and then hit the hole, and then your other job is just protecting the quarterback. You hope you can find a guy that can do that. I yeah. mean, there's Kamaras, there's there's guys like that every year that mm-hmm. pop up out of nowhere. I mean, Danny Woodhead was what, undrafted? Yeah. If that, like, just there's – they're all over. I mean, I, I wouldn't go crazy spending top dollar, especially a Le'Veon Bell contract nah, nah, nah. on a running back. I've, I've said that over and over. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And again, we have to we have to see what Bruce Anderson can do first. We we haven't even really seen yeah. him play. So, and that goes with everyone else. I mean, we'll find out once training camp and preseason games start. But yeah, I mean, we hope he can he can be a productive player. I liked him coming out of you know college. I like his game tape at North Dakota State. But um, yeah, he's still got a lot to prove. I think Peyton Barber is very determined to have a great year this year. I'm excited for him and. I think, you know, Ronald Jones, same thing. You know, I'm excited for both of them. So I think uh, we'll just wait and see. But if we get to next year and they're, you know, wanting to, you know, Peyton Barber's wanting to move on, uh, yeah, I don't think they have an issue of drafting or running back in the draft because, again, that position is always loaded, and it's loaded again next year for that draft class. So, yeah, that's that's easy to find. Yeah, and then I'll, I'll say this. I'm always going to be in Peyton Barber's corner. That, that man's the most driven just, I mean, his whole life story, everyone knows it. They should know it. Just, and he's always there. He's always there to help guys out, too. I, I mean, I'm pulling for him every game. If he wants to get paid, let him get paid. I mean, that's the reason why he's in this right now, to provide for his mom. So, right. hey, if if someone's given the most and he wants to go, let him go. Right. I, I, He's making his life decision, not just, oh, I want to make money. Right. Uh, but also, yeah, Chris at TB Bucks for Life. Said the same thing like we're saying. Don't think it's smoke. He will pay. He will pay reasonably, but won't pay. Won't pay Bell money. Anderson and Rojo will be the combo in 2020 if Barber doesn't return. I mean, you would technically see that based on what's on the roster now. Yeah. But you never know what happens in a year. Right. I mean, like you said, we could draft one because there's running backs all over the place all the time. So mm. you never know, and we could find someone mid-season. Yeah. You never know. Let's go to uh, Chef Aaron, uh, 26. Uh, this is a great question. We all know what Bulls is as a DC, but with this new staff, which position coach will be crucial to getting the most out of their players? Uh, in his opinion, he thinks it's Rodgers. That's, that's Casey Rogers, mm-hmm. the defensive line coach. Uh, must get a consistent pass rush going. Uh, I'll let you go first because I, I think we had the same answer. You think? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I think it's obvious that we need to get – a pass rush better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but you have to me a lot more talent and length in that position. To me, I, I secondary is always the biggest position for me, especially if you don't know what you got. 
I, I, you need the pass rush. There's a lot of position coaches that need help. Because I think Levante David will be the position coach for Devin White. Um, good question. <laughs> I, I, I'd put it more in the secondary than anything. Because I think the, the D-line is going to get rush. Mm. And then, obviously, the, the linebackers are going to be the ones blitzing a lot more. Mm. So I'm going to put it on the secondary. Interesting. Yeah, that's a that's a good answer. Um, I'm going to go with offensive line. I think the offensive line coaches. Oh, those apply to the defense. That's why. <laughs> oh no, I think it's the whole team. Oh yeah, if it's, yeah. If it is one position coach, yeah, I do a fully fully agree offensive line. Okay, good, good. I see. I thought we were going to go yeah. the same way because no, 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 I, my bad. On that offensive <laughs> line probably has you know the least talented group, I would say, and I think that definitely needs the group that needs to rise above expectations uh, the most. Uh, for this team to be successful. And if they want Jameis Winston to be successful, they're going to need a good offensive line. So I think Harold Goodwin and Joe Gilbert really have to do their best job because that right side of the line, it's got to be better. It it has to be better. And I think even in the left side to the center, it's got to be more consistent. We have to see consistent effort, especially from Donovan Smith, you know, Ali Marpet, Ryan Jensen, those guys have to be studs. And then at best, you got a lot hope, of money on that side. Yeah. And then at best on the right side, you got to hope they're at least average to somewhat above average. Uh, and that's putting it at the best scenario. <laughs> yeah, I mean, DeMar Dotson, 6'8, six, 6'9. Six, right. Getting up there in years. Yeah. And then you don't know. God, that's such the biggest question. And yeah. we didn't do anything to fill it. The right guard. I mean, everyone have, knows you it. You have Earl Lawford, who's been, you know, up and down throughout his career, kind of a journeyman. And it's like, okay, hopefully he can be, you know, just better, like above average than what we had last year. But, and then Alex Kappa, I mean, you just, you don't know. I mean, he looks like a right tackle, but they're asking him to play guard. And uh, I just, yeah, I mean, we're hoping for the best there. Again, in training camp, I'm going to be looking at Zach Bailey a lot. Yeah. yeah. Like that, that dude fits the mold of a guard, in my opinion. Yeah. And a big body like that around Jensen, who's, getting paid to be the center that he is and then a big pro in DeMar Dotson who knows how to play the position imagine if there's a guy in between those guys that knows what the hell they're doing mm-hmm. at least can stand their ground not get right turned on their ass every two seconds yeah exactly um yeah so I, I just think the offense line is yeah those coaches have to really do a hell of a job because it's not only just the starting five but they got to find some key guys that can play backup roles and that can be quality depth because as we know injuries are a part of this game so uh and i think he followed up yeah i'll read this oh, okay yep so we've all heard it's winston's final year to show us he's the franchise quarterback but i think he's shown how good he is but needs help he hasn't gotten in years. Um, Light, on the other hand, has no more excuses, and in my opinion, needs to have a nine and seven to ten and six to survive. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean that's that's very good points. I think Jameis says, for the most part of his career, I thought he's played very well, um, especially given what's been put around him. Like he says, um, hasn't had much help on defense. He's been playing with. You know, defenses that are giving up, you know, anywhere from 25 to 30 points a game. Uh, A lot of, you know, times he's down before halftime. And some of that is due to his play. You know, interceptions play a part in that. But, you know, for the most part, I think Jameis has done a good job of putting us in positions to get more wins. But whether it's kicking issues or defense, you know, just it goes to losses. As far as Jason Light, um, yeah, I mean... I think him and, and Jameis Winston are kind of in the same boat. I mean, they both have mixed opinions as far as from fans. I mean, some hate Jameis, some love Jameis. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing with Jason Light. So, you know, someone at Jason Light fired, you know, a long time ago with Dirk Cutter. Um, so, yeah, I mean, 9-7. and long seven, time ago. <laughs> yeah. 9-7, <laughs> uh, and 10-6. I mean, I think that's best-case scenario. I think that's what you're hoping for this year is – is that next step up into, you know, playoff contention. I think at, at minimum they have to go at least eight wins. You know, that's what I have them marked down as. Uh, I think you just really want to ke- see consistency and improvement, and that's what we're hoping for. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they're on the line. Both of them are – their jobs are – this is it. All right, so I'll, I'll answer that this way. Like, I've always been a fan of Jameis Winston since we drafted him. Mm-hmm. Yes, that Bengals game, I lost all 
all shit towards Jameis. Like I, I, I overreact. Like I said, I'm going to hold back. I'm going to temper my. I didn't temper shit. Like I was so pissed at that game. I was like, take his ass out. And we took him out. I was happy. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm looking up quarterbacks for the draft and everything. And our quarterback we wanted to look at went as the first quarterback taken. No, second quarterback taken. But uh, I mean, I he I, I honestly genuinely believe it was the coaching that's around him. Yeah. And to that point. Jason Light doesn't pick guys that's going to give you wins. Right. Picks guys that will fit into a system that you, the coach has got to play him to that. Right, and they never did. So Jason Light has no control over wins and losses. Right. He has control over talent that's on a team. If the talent isn't used correctly, well, what the hell's supposed to? What are you supposed to do? Like he drafted a guy in the second round last year that mm-hmm. got what forty touches yeah. in a whole season. Well, why the hell did he draft him if the the court coach isn't going to use him? So, obviously, there was something, a rift in there where two guys weren't meeting together and looking for a grand total thing to, to make it work. So, you, you hope to God it's not just Jason Light's fault. It's the coach and the GM together. Mm-hmm. So, the, the president of the team, the, the owner of the team has to look at it as a whole. Okay, do we have talent in the team? Okay, yeah. we have mm-hmm. Anyone that looks at us says, holy shit, we got a basketball team or we have all these guys that can do it. Why the hell aren't they putting it together? Well, okay, I guess he fired the coach. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Jason Light's running on thin ice. I mean, mm-hmm. he has a lot of talent on the team, no matter what. I mean, we've all said that he always drafts starters. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, those starters need to start producing. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with the coach. That's why we're hoping we have the coach. Mm-hmm. And this will produce the wins. I'm, I'm hoping the same as you, like 9-7 and seven or 10-6. and six. Yeah. But the thing is, is, yeah, it's schedule. It's what's in front of you. It's the sixth game in a row where you're on the road. Yeah. It seven home games to eight. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not looking pretty. But I mean, those are just excuses, right? Yeah. You, you got to win the games that are in front of you. Mm-hmm. And I, I may have hated on Winston then, but I've genuinely been a Winston fan. And I. He's the only guy on our team right now that's going to get us to that point. Mm. He's the best quarterback we've had in a long damn time. It's just we just get so fed up about losing yeah. and the errors and the critical mistakes. Yeah, but the damn dude has everything you need. Mm. I'm just hoping it all comes together. The same thing as all of y'all are thinking. As Rendax was saying last podcast about getting – the hype train going. He's yeah. like, oh, I want to put – I do too. Yeah. I do, but I'm a cheap bastard, and I hold my money to my damn chest. <laughs> it's just show me. Show me on the field, then I'm, you're going to start building. And yeah. you show me, guys like me, more fan base will come up out of the the damn dirt, mm-hmm. and you'll get that waiting list again for those season take holders. Right. No, I agree with that. Yeah, well said. Uh, let's go. I think this is the final question. Let me see. Yes. So, from Anthony, how much of an impact do you think Scotty Miller can have in his first year? Do you think he has a chance for punt slash return game? Uh, that question, it's, yeah, first he's got to make the team. I know everyone thinks he's going to make it immediately. I mean, he was a six-round pick. Yeah. I mean, that that doesn't mean he makes a team. No, no guarantee. So, let, let's see if he makes it first. Yes, he's got the most speed of anyone on our team probably. He's different. Uh, I think Scott Smith was saying that. Oh, he's different, so he's probably going to make the team. Just because you're different doesn't mean you're going to make the team. Yeah. I mean, Justin Watson is literally one of those guys that is like a consistent pro. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's just going to let Scotty Miller take his job. Uh, same thing with Bobo Wilson. He's different, too. He's not the mm-hmm. big, clunky, I'm just going to get you downfield yardage. He can do it all. Mm-hmm. And he's a returner as well. So Scotty Miller is going to have a job to compete with. Mm-hmm. Like, wide receiver is not a position where, oh, if we draft one, he's going to make it. There's a lot of competition. And so if Scotty makes it, he beats someone out that was really damn good, and I guarantee that that kid gets picked up immediately. Mm -hmm. And I would hope Scotty Miller would be our speed go-to guy. The guy to stretch the field that B.A. already wants, like the John Brown type, Mm -hmm. right? So do I think he can make an immediate impact? Hell Yeah. Anyone that can stretch the field can make an impact. If you have any hands to do to go with that, like 
uh, Jess Root was saying J.J. Nelson was a piece of shit, but he could stretch the field, and B.A. loved it. Yeah. So Scotty Miller can be similar like that. Just get your ass down the field. If you're behind someone, I'm throwing this bad boy up. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. that puts fear in the secondary. Everyone's going to step back. It opens things up for us. So I, do I hope he makes it? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Scotty Miller has a very good advantage for him, and, and that is his speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, this offense is really designed to attack the middle of the field. Uh, it's really to open up space there, and the the one way you open up space in the middle, you know, intermediate part of the field, which happens to be Jameis Jameis's strength, you know, hitting those intermediate throws, uh, is to stretch the field. That means you're sending guys on fly routes like a Brashard Perriman. Or maybe a Scotty Miller. You know, you're sending them down the field. You're pushing those safeties back. So you're opening up those inter, intermediate crossing routes for Mike Evans, for Chris Godwin. And that's that's money for Jameis Winston. So that's, uh, you know, that's where his strength lies in, in Scotty Miller. And that's one reason he has a very good chance of making this team. It also depends on how many receivers they want to keep. You know, do they keep five or do they keep six? If they keep six, I think all three of those guys that Mark mentioned and Justin Watson, Bobo Wilson, and Scotty, I think have a chance of making the team. Uh, but with that being said, there's a lot of competition at that position. They have really good undrafted free agents that they brought in and Anthony Johnson mm-hmm. and as uh, well as DeMarcus Lodge. So those guys are talented. Um, so it's going to be a good battle. Uh, again, it's going to come down to special teams. You know, can he be the punt return guy? Can he be kickoff? You know, if he can do those things and also be a deep threat, and yeah, he's got a great chance of, you know, being productive. That is a big point, though. I mean, Justin yeah. Watson, again, he's a special teamer. Yeah. So that to his benefit again. Scotty Miller, I don't right. know if he... Right, and Justin Watson also can play inside or outside. Yeah. That gives him a strength. Also, in this offense, you know, Bruce likes to have bigger slot receivers. So Justin Watson plays into that role. Same thing with Chris Godwin, who I think is going to be a part of that. And maybe Burchard Perriman as well. So, you know... You look at those four, Evans, Godwin, Perriman, and you know, you know, those are your three, and then you know, four through six is kinda unknown. So we'll find out where, where it leads to. But yeah, that's gonna be definitely something to watch for training camp. Yeah, massive yeah. competition in the wide receiver position. Absolutely. Is that all done with the questions? I think that was it, yeah. Uh, yes. Well, then let's move on to what we wanted to talk about. So, yeah, sure. like you said, training camps were... Oh, no, actually, you know what? Before we talk training camp, there's one clip I wanted to bring up. So, I think it's really cool that the Bucks are doing this little talking to the, the draft Yeah, picks, the rookies, yeah. The rookies. Inside the rookies, yeah. Just hearing what they have to say, how they feel about themselves, how they grew, how they grew up and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's cool because you get to understand these guys in a personal level and yeah. like hear how they talk in front of a yeah. camera, not just to media. Right. We forget these guys are human right? beings. Like yeah. they are people. Right. And you're like, Oh, Ryan Smith sucks. <laughs> what the hell? James threw another reception. Suck a d- whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, but like they do have feelings. Right. So, and to be honest, this draft pick, Matt Gay, the kicker, mm-hmm. fifth round. Yeah. Very controversial. Everyone. I think everyone on Buck's Twitter. Yeah. You as well. I, I laughed. I laughed at it. Yeah. Plus, was livid. Yeah. Just stomping around. Just I think he left after that pick. <laughs> Everyone was upset, mm-hmm. saying, "Why would you take kicker fifth round? We've already taken a kicker." Blah blah blah. It didn't work out. You could just get one undrafted. Well, this dude. And yeah. And then you go look up, look him up, and you're like, "Oh, he's suffered through depression. He's beat it though, and now he's on to bigger and better things." You're like, "Well." This is not the right place for him to be. Like everyone's like blah blah blah, but let's hear how he responded to that. Like because obviously that was what Twitter Nation of Bucks Nation was responding. Mm. And guess what? He heard that. Yeah. Okay, it's not like he's just a robot. Didn't mm. he heard that? And this is his answer to how he was drafted and how he feels he's going to move forward. When I got drafted, I think the notion was mixed. I mean, the feeling was mixed with, with fans. Uh, I think half of them were like, okay, we're going after, we're trying to fix the situation, we're trying to get, get a guy, and then I think half remembered the past and were kind of freaking out that, what are we doing? We, we're not doing this again. I want to be the best kicker you guys have had. I want to be the best kicker in the NFL. I have high expectations and I want to achieve a lot of great things. I want to do my part for the team when it comes down to what I got to do. I'm going to be successful in what I'm doing, and I trust my teammates will be successful in what they're doing, so we can uh, 
find that success that all these guys in this organization, this city, has been, been wanting for the last few years. Legit. Yeah, I mean, that's well said. I mean, when, he's, when he talks about he wants to be the best kicker in franchise history, but also the best kicker in the NFL, I mean, that's putting – you know, expectations on himself, which is, is great to hear. I think every player, you know, has expectations, but it's like, how good do you really want to be? Like, how far how far can you push it? You know, how far are you willing to go that extra mile? And it seems like he's willing to do that. And, I mean, I'll be honest, the kid's got a cannon for a leg. <laughs> I mean, he's got a powerful leg. This might be the strongest kicker we've had in a long time um, from, a, from a distance standpoint. Uh, and his technique is very simple which is good. Um, it's nothing, you know, it doesn't look like it has any hitches or anything along those that nature. So really, I mean, can he just come in and be consistent for us? Can he hit those 40 to 50 yarders and, and, and be that every, you know, that kicker that we've been wanting to have? And if he can do that, man, more power to him. Uh, he's easily to root for, for sure. Yeah, I mean, jumping off what you said, the fact he said best kicker in the NFL. Right. And that that's personal goals. These are these. This is his own internal fire. Yeah. I mean, I to me, I I feel like Roberto Aguayo was just so internally not weak, but just internally just not. He didn't have the fire mm-hmm. that like he's speaking with. Yeah, we'll see what happens when he's in the fire of games and that mm-hmm. stress gets to him. Yeah. But just speaking out loud like that, the confidence of saying it's not. Don't worry about the past. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm myself wanting to push my own damn self to be the best. Yeah. Not yeah. just today, but in the whole league, in your franchise, like you were saying. It, right. That that's that gets you up and like, okay, this dude is yeah. serious. Yeah. That's that's the fire, and that's how, like how Dominican Sue was telling William Golson, it's a it's a mentality. Yeah. You gotta be able to sit there, I'm gonna beat you in front of me and I'm gonna do it because I know how to do this. Yeah. And it's rewiring your brain to know that. And if in a kicker, especially if you're indecisive or you're stressing something, you're going to miss. Yeah. You're going to think, overthink. Like Brother Goliath going over, what, three hours before the game, putting grass in the air, letting it go. Oh, the wind's blowing that way. Yeah, three, four hours after, it's going to be blowing the same damn way. C- come on. <laughs> and I think he just got in his head too much. He's a, yeah. He was a great kicker, but I think it was a head game with him. And mm-hmm. I think Matt Gay, I mean, I'm hoping I'm. <laughs> We all hope, but yeah. just hearing that, it's it's strong, very strong. Well, what's crazy with with Matt is like this guy was he was a soccer player his whole life. Yeah, he was a soccer player, and he didn't play football till 2017. Uh, he went to Utah, uh, and you know a couple of his friends say, "Hey, you should play football. Like this, this could be really good for you. You could go to the NFL." And you know he tried out. He was a walk on, made the team, and I think he's. He started that year and started kicking, and then the rest was history. And I think he holds he holds multiple records uh, for Utah, and um, it's just amazing. Like he's only been kicking for a couple years, and, and now he's in the NFL, and it just shows you like he's that kind of guy that he puts his mind to something and he's going to get it done, and that's that's impressive, very impressive. Hell yeah, it's yeah. the internal fire, like. I, and that's just, and that's what it comes down to in this in this league, this NFL. Yeah. Like everybody is so talented. Like talented is not an, like talent is not an issue for these guys. You know the great ones. It, it comes down to willpower. How bad do you want it? And then it comes down to how are you willing to train your mind so you can beat the guy across from you. And that's that's really what it is. It's true. Yeah. Competitive nature, like yeah. Jamarcus Russell. Like I was saying, that talking with this, with so someone, talented, right? So talented. He was Pat Mahomes before Pat Mahomes. Yeah, like he had a bigger cannon than Pat Mahomes. Right. I think he threw eighty-five yards on his knee. Right. The dude was insane. Everyone thought he was going to be that. He yeah. was a bust. Why? Because in his head, he just didn't have it. Didn't Been care. Smart enough. Didn't give a crap. Yeah. Didn't want to learn. Didn't have the fire to, to learn. Yep. So he turned into shit. Yep. So I mean, it's I want that fire. I want mm-hmm. that guy to say, "I'm going to beat." Whoever it is, it doesn't matter. Like the Peyton Barber fire, that's another reason why I really like him. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm going to succeed. I have to succeed. Right. I must succeed. Yeah, that's the thing you need to be in this NFL. Right. I mean, it's yeah. everyone in this league. Like Tom Brady, mm-hmm. he's the most unathletic, yeah. sloppy looking no dude physical, in his combine. No, no physical gifts, but, right? But what he does have is he's trained. <laughs> he's trained his body. He's trained very hard. He's got. He's got the willpower 
to be very successful, determined. He's like, I mean, they had a special on him when he went up to Mr. Kraft. He's like, this is the best draft pick you've ever made. And, and he proved it to be right because he cared about his craft. He, he learned, he studied his ass off and no one worked harder than him. And he became really damn good. And he's one of the best quarterbacks in this game to, to ever play. I mean, you can go through the long list of guys that just, mm-hmm. they wanted it more than anyone else. Right. I mean, Jerry Rice, best player yeah. to ever play the game. He was Derek, just one of those guys. Derek Brooks. I mean, he had the right? athleticism for sure, yeah. but people were downing him because of his size. You know, six foot linebacker. Oh, he's not going to make it, you know, because there wasn't linebackers that were six foot back then. You know, it's mainly you're 220. Yeah. You know, they were like, oh, no, you're going to go play safety. And he's like, Brooks was like, I ain't doing that. And uh, he turned out to be one of the greatest linebackers ever. So it's it's just funny. I mean, uh, Barry Sanders, same thing. Well, he had some damn speed. He had talent. Yeah, he had (laughs) he had the gifts, but I mean, he just had the work ethic too. Five eight, you know, maybe two hundred at best, and Mm -hmm. so at best, yeah. (laughs) But he made the box look like dumbasses. Oh yeah. (laughs) But but let's move on. Yeah. So really, I just wanted to get quick, quickly touch on what we were going to look at come training camp next week. I mean, we're going to talk talk about it again before we go because I mean, next week. Yeah. is the podcast before training camp. But just a quick glimpse of what you look for when we sit down and we're watching and mm-hmm. who you're going to be looking at and just what you're going to be looking for. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm going to be looking for, you know, I want to see tempo. So I want to see pace. I want to see some, just some, like, urgency. That's what I'm really looking for, like urgency from the players, uh, competitiveness. So all those things are kind of, like, intangible stuff but as far as on the field uh physicality you know i just i want to see some physical training camp i want to see some hitting um and hopefully that's something that they bring i want to see some live periods and brought in because i think over the last couple years even going back to lovey smith i just think we've been way too soft and i think that's something that's got to change especially with the season that they have upcoming with the road games and a lot of you know, that's a lot of wear and tear. And I think these guys need to be physically ready to endure that. And it starts with being physical in camp. So that's something I'm definitely looking for. Um, as far as position wide, I think it's just secondary, you know, how, how good can the secondary be? Uh, but those are a couple of things. Yeah, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree with tempo and urgency that you were saying yeah. to me, I'll, I'm going to look more broad and specific, I guess. So broad based on just, just how different it is from dirt cutter. Right. Like how yeah, quickly two, do they start? Because I the guess two practices at one yeah, time, the two yeah. practices, how quick, like that, the thing like, uh, just Root was saying, like BA expects everyone to already be stretched. That's like true. don't, don't yeah. waste your time stretching because right. you're a damn professional athlete. Just let's get into it. Why waste time mm-hmm. with his warmups when you should have already been warmed up to, to get to your job. Yeah. No music right? as well. So. Right. So I, I want to see the difference if, if it's hardcore, we're going to work and we're going to get better today. Or if it's going to be fun, let's dance around. Let's let's wave at the, the fans. Yeah, I mean, that's all fun. And, and like, if, especially if you're good and you know what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. But it, for a team coming off, what, a 4-12 and 12 season? 5-11. and 5-11 season? Yeah, last two years. Well, let's, let's see the, the talking they get to and if their heads are on straight, if they know what the hell they want. Mm-hmm. They really truly believe they can win. Let's let's see the difference in demeanor, right? Right. And then specifically looking at, yeah, I mean, I can't look at the O line early, but I will be looking at Zach Bailey. I I think he's going to be a big one. I want to look at Rojo, his hands, a hundred percent. Devin White just reading plays, like I that's uh, that was my biggest knock on him. He can't read fast enough, right? right? So I'm going to be watching Levante David, his reaction time. It's kind of unfair based mm-hmm. on a veteran like Levante David, who's known for his smarts, yeah. and then a rookie in Devin White, who's known for not being able to read. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping you see them communicating, saying, "Buddy, you got to go over here. You got to know this defense. You got to know where you got to be at this time." Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that communication happens. I'm hoping just to see Vita Vea just make a big step. A lot of it's going to be on defense, defense, and then just the right guard and offensive line. I mean, the wide receivers, you know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Winston, I feel like you know what you're going to get. You just hope for less mistakes. Yeah. And defense, it's the defense as a whole. I want B2B growing, improving, Sue, and him talking, conversing, 
Levante David, Devin White conversing, talking, and then the rookies in the secondary, like Jamel, Jamel Dean, mm-hmm. just, uh, what the heck's the the safety? What White? Mike Edwards. Mike Edwards. Yeah, Jordan Whitehead. Jordan Whitehead. I mean, just, I want to see evolution. Just mm-hmm. guys getting faster, aggressive, getting hyped up together. That's what I want in the yeah. secondary. Yeah. No, those are all great points. I think that, you know, that is good. You know, just overall organization, like these guys know the objective, like there's an objective for that day. Um, and you know, they're just working together. Communication, I think is a big thing. Are these guys talking to each other? Are we going to see, um, you know, more vocal practice where, you know, they're getting onto guys and there's just more determination of getting better and improving what they have to do. So I think that's very important. Uh, but you know, specifically like Mark said, offensive line, I, you know, that's something you can see it, but you can't really judge until they put pads on against another team i would say you know they go up against another opponent um then you can really see it and really die di- you know diagnose it um but yeah just yeah, preseason preseason yeah. I'll, i will be doing game tape left and right guys. yeah okay. for sure um but yeah just overall physicality and that that was my point with the secondary like i want to see these guys like be up on the receivers like i want to see less space being given so if we see that and guys are actually competing and, and fighting for the football, making plays on the ball, uh, that's that's signs of improvement right there. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Yeah, just couldn't. Yeah. I mean, because we, we've seen in the past where like they're playing defense and the receivers just have like <laughs> ten yards of space. Oops. Yeah, it's like so. I would just like to see less of that. You know, more third and two, you give them ten, fifteen yards. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know you need the first. He's gonna do a slant, really. <laughs> But that was just in practice. Uh, but anyways, yeah, I mean, fun times ahead. Uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, and as always, uh, thank you guys for the questions tonight. They were awesome. Uh, be sure to keep sending those in. You can email us at realbuckstalk at gmail.com. Uh, be sure to follow us uh, at realbuckstalk on all social media. And as always, have a great night. Enjoy the rest of your week. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, getting ready for training camp and even more breakdown and and we're excited can't wait go bucks